Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. You know, last night we had Bible Institute here on uh, Tuesday nights. And uh, really going well. Having a, I'm having a really good time teaching. And so last night we started our class, I started my class, um, with a pop quiz. You know, you know what a pop quiz is? just comes out of nowhere, right? There's no, no warning. I didn't call them. I didn't tell them last week to prepare for it. I just said, hey, uh, get out a piece of paper. Let's have a pop quiz. And, uh, of course, their eyes uh, bugged out. It wasn't gradable. It was just a test of knowledge, just to make sure they knew where we've, you know, been discussing what we've covered. We had a good time with it. So let's start the service tonight with a pop quiz. Pop quiz. Right? We've been studying through... Uh, I'll work this thing here. We've been studying through this, this series called Life Lessons, and I guess we're about our fifth weekend, maybe tonight. And, um, and of course, when we talked about Life Lessons, we, uh, just a fancy, it's just a fancy label. It's a modern topic for uh, doing a study on the parables, right? So what, 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 here's the question. What, what is a parable? We talked about that. What is a parable? Somebody tell us what a parable is. I know you know. I know you know. What's a parable? Dr. Dr. John? What's that? What's it? An earthly story? Okay. That's half of it. <laughs> That's half of it. You're good. That's right. That's half of it. John, what's the other half? Illustration about life. Okay. Good. Anyone want to add to that? Who what? With a heavenly meaning. There you go. Yeah. So, earthly story, story from life with a heavenly meaning, right? And so, it's a physical story, an earthly story that teaches us a divine truth or a biblical truth, right? And what we, t- what we said in the beginning is this, it's Jesus not, not so much taking lessons from life, but he's teaching us lessons about life so that we better be able to handle life. Because life, if you don't handle it, will handle you. How many have been handled by life? No doubt about it. It, hand, it's, it has a way of doing that, doesn't it, right? And then let me ask just one more question. I don't want to bog you down because you look a bit tired. But where would you find in the Bible, where would you find the Sermon on the Mount? Where would you find that at? What's the address of that? Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, right? Sermon on the Mount. Now, this is not, quiz is over. Quiz is over. Let's talk about that Sermon on the Mount for a moment. What, 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 what is that, the Sermon on the Mount? What is that when I talk about that? Because sometimes I just throw these terms out loosely, thinking everybody knows what it is. And I'm finding out, especially in my, my class on Tuesday nights, I'm beginning to mention things that people are, people look at me like, what, I never heard that, where'd you get that from? And I'm just assuming it's common knowledge, right? So when we talk about the Sermon on the Mount, what are the particulars about that message? We know where it's at, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But what's the particular? Why is it called the Sermon on the Mount? John. I would say that Jesus was explaining the 
Okay? Okay? All right? Who wants to add to that? How come everybody just lets John answer these questions? Huh? Got him on your payroll or something? So why is it the Sermon on the Mount? Who preached it? Jesus. Where did he preach it at? On the Mount. <laughs> on the Mount. You, you, you guys are so sharp. Man, I can't believe how much you know. On the Mount. On the Mount, right? Where was that Mount located? Anybody know? Who said what? What? Galilee, yeah. Yeah, it was, right, it was down the Sea of Galilee, the Great Sea. You know, great, the Great Lake, the Sea of Galilee. And, and it was just, a, really, they say mount, you think of big, this big mountain. It really was, and kind of just like, we probably would call it a hill in our, in our region, but beautiful area. And Jesus gathered his disciples together there, and, and he teaches them. He's basically teaching them. If you look at Matthew 4, don't go there, but if you go to Matthew 7. But if you look at Matthew 4, he gathers a team together, Right? And he said this in verse 19, follow me. And certain individuals began to follow him. And he said this, if you follow me, I'll train you. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll teach you. And then what you do is this, the very, the very next thing you find, chapter number five, is Jesus gathers that team together and he begins to train them. He, he begins to teach them. And if you were to go through the whole sermon, just tremendous truth, very, very practical truth on what a child of God, what a team member ought to be. Right? If you're ever wondering what I should be as a Christian, you know, what, what, you know what, what does God expect from me? You ought to read the Sermon on the Mount. Because Jesus, in that text of Scripture, I mean, line upon line, precept upon precept, you know, what we ought to be, and then he gives instruction on what we ought to do. So chapter 5, he begins to talk about what we ought to be. Chapter 6, what we ought to do. And so it doesn't really make much of a difference if you're doing something for the Lord, if you're not what he expects you to be. That is really what matters the most. But in chapter 7, we find, we find an, interesting, an interesting scenario. Look in chapter 7 and verse number 1. It begins with these words, Judge not that ye be not judged. Right? And so, if you were, if we were to kind of categorize Matthew chapter number 7, he's really speaking there about judgment. He begins in verse number 1 with personal judgment, how we judge each other. Look at verse 2. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And so he's talking about the way we judge each other, you know? And what he's saying is this, you ought not do that because... You know, you're not the judge, and the way you judge is the way you're going to be judged. You know, it's almost kind of like poetic justice. Justice, you know what that is, right? You know, it's kind of like the punishment fits the crime. You know, they practice that over in some, some of those Middle Eastern countries. You know, if you uh, pluck somebody's eye out, you can expect your eye to get plucked out. That's just the way it works, you know. Uh, the punishment fits the crime. Well, Jesus is saying this, you ought not judge each other in verse 1. But if you go all the way down to the end of the, the, the chapter... Beginning in verse 24 through verse 27, 28, he begins to speak about another kind of judgment, and this is a judgment that he holds. And basically what he says there in that passage of Scripture is in the end, there's going to be a final judgment. And so these are, these are the words of Jesus. In the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, he tells an intriguing story. Did you ever hear a pastor preach a message, and at the end of the message, he'll tell a story? You ever hear that? A lot of preachers will finish up you know, their messages that way. It's usually a story that kind of fits in 
and it illustrates the truth, you know, that he's been trying to, you know, kind of kind of teach throughout the message, correct? Jesus does the same thing here. And in verse 24 through verse 27, he, he, he concludes the Sermon on the Mount with these words. Let's read it together, verse 24. He said, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine. Now, that, that's, that's big. That whole statement is big, right? Talking about, he's talking about you and I, talking about everybody who came before us, those that were sitting there. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Notice verse 25. He said, the rain, a storm comes, the rain descends, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And then verse 26, he says, and every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And look at verse 27, the rain came, storm comes, the rain descended, the, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it, it fell. And notice he adds this, and great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, at his teaching, at what he was saying. And that, that ends the Sermon on the Mount. And so... We've, we've done this, we've kind of put these stories, we've put these parables in categories, and we said, so what's the life lesson, right? What's the life lesson? This is our fifth installment. This is our, our, this is our fifth episode, right? So uh, let me ask you, what do you think the life lesson that Jesus is trying to get across in that story is? What do you think the life lesson is right there? Huh, Donald? What you're building upon. So maybe we call it this. The importance of foundations, right? It's a lesson, it's a life lesson on foundations and what you're building upon. Now, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag early on and just tell you this. This story is not really about two men building houses. It's about two men building their life and what you're building, what you're building your life upon. What you're using as, what you're using as a foundation, you know, to build your life upon. And we're just going to walk through it just a little bit. But there are, there are some comparisons, and then there are some contrasts in this story. So let me just get through that, and I'll give you a couple practical life lessons. Uh, the comparisons, two guys, right? Both of them heard the word of the Lord. Did you notice that? Both of these guys, they both heard what Jesus had to say. They heard the word of the Lord. They both built houses, or they're both building if the house represents their life, they're both building their lives. Uh, they both built same location, near the water. And they build similar houses. However, there's some contrast. And the biggest contrast mentioned in this story is this. One, one fellow built his house upon rock, and the other fellow built his house upon sand. Right? That's the biggest contrast. And then also in that story... The story reveals the consequences, and the Bible tells us this, a storm comes, pretty bad storm, descending rains, winds blowing, I mean, it's just a bad storm, think about being down the shore, bad storm comes up, you know, and the Bible tells us this, that one house, after the storm passes, one house is still standing, after the storm passes, one house is destroyed, it's destroyed, right, that's the story in a nutshell, that's pretty much it. Two, two people building their lives upon different foundations, 
their life is tested, and in the end, one has something to show for it, the other doesn't. The other doesn't. I remember, I remember teaching this parable before and thinking about, have you, ever, have you ever seen a picture? You're going to Italy. I'm not sure if you're going to visit. Pisa. Have you ever seen the Leaning Tower of Pisa? You know they didn't build it that way. Huh? The Italians are pretty crafty, but they didn't build it that way. You know how tall that thing is? It's 179 feet tall. It's pretty tall. 170, and, and it was built back in 1173. You know, how did they do stuff like that back then without cranes and huh? work ethic, workforce, you know, ingenuity, character? How did they build that thing? So, now get it, 179 feet tall. Now listen to this. It leans 17 feet out of plumb. So you say it's leaning to the right or to the left. I guess it all depends on which way you're looking from. <laughs> right? So, you know, here's, here's a straight line, and it's leaning 17 feet out of plumb. And it, and let me read this so I don't mess this one up, it moves 1 20th of an inch each year. So each year, it's, it's, it's still going. How in the world is that thing staying up? You know? Right? Uh, and here's the reason why. If I were to ask you as a class, why do you think they didn't build it that way? Every year it just keeps shifting. Why do you think it's shifting? We would say because of a faulty foundation. Right? It said this, the land there is marshy. You know, it's, it's mush. And the footings, so that building is 179 feet tall, and, and the footings are only 10 feet deep. That tells you something. Somebody messed up with the blueprints on that building. Right, Craig? For sure. You know? But Jesus, you know, Jesus is telling this story about these two individuals. And I thought about this leaning tower of Pisa because sometimes we as Christians, now pay attention right here, sometimes we as Christians begin, we begin to lean. You know? I didn't say sway. Although sometimes we sway. But we begin to lean. Right? And that's why in the Bible, you know, the Bible calls for, you know, a, 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 a proper balance, a good balance. Right? We ought to be balanced. But every once in a while, we as Christians, we begin to lean. And you know, when you begin to lean, when you begin to lean to the right, every once in a while, you begin to lean to the right. And when you lean to the right, you become somewhat, I don't know, maybe, maybe critical. You become a little legalistic, ritualistic. You know, you look at everything through a, 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 a spectrum of do's and don'ts and thou shalt's and thou shalt nots. And, and if I have to do it, everybody has to do it. If that's, your, if that's your attitude, man, you're leaning. You're leaning, and you're probably leaning right. Some would say, well, if I have to lean anyway, I like to lean right. You know? And then there's those who lean to the left, right? And, and so... And so sometimes folks come along and they're leaning to the left. Anything goes. There is no standard of living. Anything goes. They'll try to, they'll try to tell us that Jesus accepts every, everything just the way it is. Anything goes. As long as you have Jesus, doesn't matter if... Are you, are you with me? And I think this, I think, I think both positions are faulty. You know? Because the Lord would have us to be perfectly balanced. 
you know, and just, and just do, do Christianity the way the Bible teaches we ought to do Christianity. Build our lives the way the Bible teaches us to build our lives. And so what are some of the life lessons that we can gain from this, this great story that the Lord is, is trying to teach here? Well, let's go back to the text and look at, look at a word. Go to verse 24 with me. Chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings. Now, this is, this is an old but important study tool. Whenever you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what's it there for? Right? We're going to study the Bible. We need to know how to study the Bible. First thing you need to have is a Bible. Right? And then learn some techniques. Get some study tools or skills. And when you see the word therefore, you say, what's it there for? And what Jesus is doing in this text is he's drawing attention back to the previous verses. So let's go back. Go back to verse 21. Verse 21. Look what he says here. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You get that for a second. Huh? That'd shake you up. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter, just because you profess, just because you make a profession, doesn't mean you're going to enter into heaven. That's what Jesus is teaching. He said, he goes on, he says, but, but who, then, they may have said, well, then who does? He may have said, uh, look in verse number 21 again, he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, if we were to elaborate just on verse 21, we would draw our attention to the gospel message and how, you know, the Father in heaven teaches us to place our faith in his only begotten son, right? That's the perfect will of God, that you and I be saved. He goes on and says, verse 22, many will say to me in that day, what day? Well, that judgment day, Lord, Lord. You see that? Have we not in thy name, and, and they begin to do, they begin to list their works. Have we not in thy name, you know, cast out demons and prophesied and done many wonderful works? Look what Jesus said, verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There's some pretty harsh words, huh, Don? I never knew you. Could you imagine that? So now, Jesus begins the end of his story, the end of the sermon with this story, and he says, therefore, whosoever. What's he doing? He's drawing our attention back to what he just said. Therefore, whosoever heareth, who heareth my word. Are you, are you with me? This is all based upon what you and I do with the Word of God. Help me. It's Wednesday night. It's 7.45. We're exhausted. Pastor's tired. And yet he's up here trying to give you a life principle. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man. Are you with me? So it's based upon, look here, this is all based upon what we do with the Word of God. And, and, and in this text, it's building our lives upon the Word of God. And you know the Word of God is filled with, I thought about this this morning, I was praying this morning. You know, it's filled with promises and principles and precepts, right? I mean, it's just, it's just filled with everything that you and I need for life, for living life, for handling life. For building our life on, on his word. And so then what he does is this. He begins to illustrate 
you know, in, in the story. And I want, I'm going to just give you just three quick things I picked up out of this. This is not rocket science. It's pretty simple to see for yourself. But the first thing you see here is the presence of storms. Verse 20, excuse me, verse 25, uh, verse 27, say it, bo- bo- both verses, storms come. The storms come. The storms are going to come. So what Jesus is saying here is simply this. In life, you know, you're going to have those days. There's going to be those times when things aren't always going to go your way. It's not going to be pleasant. It's going to be difficult. If you've had a difficult day, difficult season, started a sermon series on Sunday morning called Seasons of Change. Sunday morning we talked a little bit about the season of, of restoration, you know, and how every once in a while we just need to, you know, we which are spiritual, ye which are spiritual, need to restore the, the overtaking. Remember that text of Scripture on Sunday if you were here? And every once in a while, you've got to understand that, that life is going to bring what the Bible considers storms our way. And sometimes they're, they're pretty difficult. The rain descends, the wind blows, you know, the waves beat upon your life. And it's there to just reveal what our life is basically made of. I like this text in Job chapter 5, verse number 7. Job said this. He said, man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. What he's saying is this, you know, like Job, you know, uh, there's no getting around it. There's no way to avoid it. Storms are going to come. How many of us in life have realized that it's just, it's just, that, it's just that, that way? Don and I were sitting down having supper this evening and just talking about, just talking, and just we got into some discussion and started talking about drama. And I don't mean the kind you watch on TV. I mean the kind that finds you in life, you know. And we, we talked a little bit about and I hate to say, say this out loud because the devil has good ears. You know, we talked about how in our lives in ministry through the years, because we've been at it for a few years, just a lot of drama. You know, and, we, and, and you know what we used to do? We used to really just op- open up our arms and embrace it. And embrace it. You know, but we, we finally came to the place in life where we've grown up a little bit in Christ. And now, you know what? We don't embrace it no more. You know? If it's your drama, I had somebody call me uh, just this week, has a little drama. In fact, they sent me a text message and an email, and I didn't respond to neither. Why? Because it's their drama, and I'm just not in the, in, I just don't feel like dealing with drama. And so, person called me. I said, oh, I have to answer. So I answered, hey, how you doing? Hey, did you get my text email? I said, I did. Can I get your counsel on? I said, eh, honestly. I, I really don't, I just don't have the brain power for it. I said, I just, I just can't help you right now. I'll pray for you, but I can't help you, you know. And, and you know what, Don, when I said that, I felt almost bad, but, all, but at the same time, I felt, you know what, it's not my drama. It was done. It, it was done. <laughs> it was done. <laughs> not my drama, you know. See, here's what I'm trying to say. Look, there's no way to get through life without having some drama, but you got enough of your own. Yeah, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. And, and, of course, you know, the Bible teaches that it's just the way it is. There's, oh, I don't want to get into it, the kind of storms, but there's financial and marital and emotional and relational. And, man, just one thing after the other comes our way. Correct? It used to surprise me early on, but it no longer surprises me. When it hits me, when it comes. I don't want it to come. I don't welcome it, you know, but it doesn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise us. You know, when that happens. And so, in this text of Scripture, he begins to talk about, 
you know, the, the presence of storms. Let me, let me scurry along here. This, the second thing I want you to see is the preparation of the, of the building. The preparation of the building. Really the preparation of the builders, you know. And, and I like what he says here about this. They both, both, listen now, both of them heard the same thing. They heard the same thing. They heard the same thing. And yet they had two different outcomes, correct? One hears the word of God and begins to build their life upon it. The other hears the word of God and neglects it, right? Did you, you see that in the text, right? And it's kind of like this. You know, you've, you've, you've probably been around church long enough to see, you know, families with children, same parents, same home, same church, maybe went to the same school. One turns out one way, the other turns out completely different. Same teaching, same doctrine, same, same, same. It all depends on what you do with it, the choices that we make. Right? What we do with the Word of God, how we're applying the Word of God. Are we building our lives upon the Word of God? You know, uh, here in this text of Scripture, what you find is this. You find two individuals. You find one fellow who is considered wise. Let me ask you a question. What made him wise? Following the Word. He built his life on the Word. Right? That made him wise. The other guy, is, he's, he's, he's declared to be foolish. What made him foolish? He didn't. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Isn't it pretty simple? There's nothing complicated about it. You hear the word of God, you, you begin to, you, you have intake, and then you have application. So you take it in, and then you begin, to, you begin to work it out. Did you get that? You take it in, and you begin to work it out. You know? And every once in a while, no, no matter how sharp we are, we still need to be reminded to take it in and work it out, right? Because the Lord's not finished with us yet. Amen? And that's the lesson he's trying to teach all of us. He's not done with us yet. And so one understands his purpose in life, and he submits to the, the Lord. The other missed the whole point of life, and he, and, he, and he missed, you know, having a blessed life by the Lord. Isn't it? That's just the way it is, huh? And so, if I go back, you see the preparation of the building, the presence of storms, and then one final thought, you see the probable outcome. And Jesus doesn't mix, mix words here, he just tells this crowd just like it is, you know, let's read it again. He says in verse number, number 25, rain descended, floods came, winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell not. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. It fell not. And then... And then in verse 27, rain descended, floods came, winds blew, beat upon that house, and it, it fell, and great was the fall of it. Give some description there. And great was the fall of it. I'm talking about two lives here, you know. One built upon a good, solid foundation, the other built upon shifting sand, you know. And in the end, one stands tall. Take your Bibles and go over just one spot with me and we'll, we'll finish up. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in closing. I love this text of Scripture. I like what Paul says in verse number, look at verse number 9. He says, we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, you are God's building. 
And then this verse gets me all the time. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation. You know what Paul's saying right there? He's saying everything that I've been able to do, I've done by the grace of God. Did you get that? So there's no, there's no, there's no where you and I can say, oh, I can't do it. I, can't, I just can't do it. I don't have the strength to do it. I don't think I can do it. We can all do it by the grace of God. Paul said, I did what I did. The foundation I laid, I laid by the grace of God. It was God's help. God did it through me. God used me to get it done, right? The grace of God. And then he says this in, in verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, if any man build upon this foundation. So you got the foundation, you got Jesus. You get saved, you get Jesus, you have the foundation. And now you and I need to build upon this foundation. And he talks about some of the materials in building. If any man build upon, upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Look at verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest or revealed, for the day shall declare it. What day? Judgment day. He's talking there about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10. Romans chapter 14, verse number 12, where we must all stand before God and give an account of ourselves. And so the day will declare, it will reveal what kind of work it is. Verse 14, if any man's work, which, uh, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Look at the next verse. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Takes you right back to that parable, right back to that story, right? What, what you're building your life upon. What materials you're using to, to build upon uh, that foundation. What, what your house looks like, so to speak. He says, if any man's work shall, in verse 15, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. And so, you know, when you read the story in Matthew chapter number 7, the final words, it talks about the houses. It doesn't talk about any human life being, right? Did you see that? Go back to that text. We'll finish with that. He didn't say anything about, about life, right? He says in verse 26, rain came, descended, winds blew, beat upon the house, it fell, and great was the fall of it. It doesn't say anything about the person. Just talk about their life. And I remember hearing this years and years ago, and it stuck with me. You can have a saved soul and a lost life. And you know people like that, right? They, they've accepted Christ as their Savior. They have just have been neglecting His Word, and they're not living for God. They're not building for eternity. So they have a saved soul, but a lost life. The sad part about that is one day we're going to have to stand before the Lord and give an answer to Him for what we've done with what He's given us, Right? So the question is this, are we building, what are we building upon? Are we building upon the, the word of God, a solid, rock-solid foundation? Or, trust not, you know, in a faulty, you know, I, I love Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Did you, did you read it before? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, and he shall direct thy paths. You remember this hymn? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. <laughs> Amen. So let's make sure we're building, you know, building and building on the rock that's 
rock solid. The Lord Jesus Christ, His Word. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.